Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Space Chams podcast. I'm your host, Jim Murphy, and today with me, of course, is my co-host, a man named Will. How you doing, Will? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so today we have an exciting episode, as you know. Uh, we're talking about commercial space. Uh, it's super exciting. Uh, we're entering the commercial space age, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, and so I'm um, super excited about this episode. We got a lot of fun things to focus on. Absolutely. I mean, I'll say, I'll come right out and say it. My, my favorite parts of this are the more like what we talked about last time, the more physics related things, the, the very scientific aspect, but I still do enjoy talking about, you know, the rockets themselves. They're, they're cool enough on their own. That's true. Yeah. I'm more of the romantic when it comes to this stuff for sure. Um, but of course, before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about well, what's going on this week, or as you like to call it. Oh, we could never miss an, a segment of our abdominal happenings in our local heliosphere. Of course not. My space jams. We could never, we could never miss it. On uh, this week, what we're going to talk about there is the SpaceX Crew-1 mission that is set to launch October 23rd. It was originally set to launch in September, but was postponed because of the Suez mission that's going up there and they didn't want to put them too close together. And so they're going off, uh, they're planning to go off October 23rd. This is a exciting mission because the Crew Dragon will hold four astronauts instead of holding two astronauts. And the four astronauts involved in that will be uh, Michael Hopkins, Victor Glover, Shannon Walker, and Sochi Noguchi, uh, Sochi Noguchi is from the Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, and so that's exciting. There's a diverse crowd going up there, uh, so it's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah, I uh, I have a couple questions about that. So you told me that obviously, um, but it occurred to me I, I didn't really know like what's special about this mission. Aren't there people on the ISS during the like? They're, they're there now, right? Between Bob and Doug and this group of four, there's still going to be people there, correct? Uh, yeah, there are people up there. Um, there's been people up there, you know, continuously since 2000. You know, the last time that all humans were on Earth together was 20 years ago. Because ever since then, the ISS has been crewed that entire time. Uh, so as Bob and Doug returned, um, there was still Chris Cassidy up there along with two other um, Soviet astronauts or cosmonauts kind of. Um, but they've been uh, manned up there ever since. And then we're going to have these four go up there. And I'm assuming some of the, uh, one of the three that are up there right now will probably return or some of them will return. Um, but that's what we got going on up there. So, it's weird to think there's always, so, so there's always somebody up there. So there's been someone up there continuously or multiple people up there for 20 years. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's so we're not quite weird. interplanetary, but we're all, we're inner. I don't know if we're, we're anything yet. No, we're, we're not we're, anything yet. Yeah. Yeah. We're nearly spacefaring. I don't know. This is like having a floating dock on, on, on the ocean and calling yourself a seafaring 
civilization. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Nice. Taking it away from us, making it not a big deal. I like it. Pushing us forward. <laughs> <laughs> making us insignificant. I love it. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm really excited to see. Uh, there's a couple of pictures that came out about the crew one and the crew dragon, how it's going to fit four people in there. And it looks great. Uh, it's a little different from the uh, Martian Mav. That's what we think of usually. Um, but they're going to, it seems like they're going to be in a row, um, you know, instead of like spinning around in a circle or looking at each other in a circle and everything. But I'm really excited to watch them go up uh, October 23rd. It will be the second manned space flight for SpaceX. And we, we, we wish them luck. We hope it all goes, all goes swimmingly. I must say it, it looked awesome. I loved, I loved the, the cabin when Bob and Doug went up. That was, it was, that was perfect for, as opposed to like the, the raw like dials and switches and toggles and things on, on all the like, you know, other missions you've seen. This was like, even the space station kind of looks like that, right? Yeah. This looked like, you know, they have touch screens and things in that, in that cabin. And that was fantastic to see. But then, like you said, I was kind of hoping that if we're taking four, six, eight people up, then we're going to have some unnecessarily complicated arrangement. I look forward to that. And then if they're all in a row, and it's, it makes sense, I guess, but it, it kind of, it begs the question, like, why is that how it's always portrayed? And if there is a reason, why aren't they doing that? Is it not enough people or, I don't know. That's something to, to look into, actually. Yeah. Wonder. I mean, I, you know, there's this place in my heart for the dials and everything being shown up front. That's kind of, <laughs> there's something about that that I like, but yeah, I, I see it. I mean, we're, we're coming into the 21st century with this, with the, the SpaceX and the, the crew dragon and everything. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting time. Stuff. All right. Should we, should we get on to our, to the meat of the episode? Absolutely. Let's do it. So today we're getting into commercial space and we're going to talk about SpaceX blue origin and uh, Virgin galactic. And we're going to mention some of the other ones. Cause we understand that, you know, everybody has their little niche. Everybody has their way into helping humans navigate space and explore the great beyond. But we're going to talk about these three cause we really enjoy them. Um, but our journey starts actually in uh, 1982 with the launching of the Conestoga one. So we're going to get a little history. Hmm. Uh, so I've done a lot of research on the Conestoga one, but it was a uh, rocket that was built by uh, Space Services Incorporated of America, which was a little company in um, Texas. Uh, but they built the first ever rocket to get to space privately. So they were the first private rocket company, which was pretty awesome. Um, and so I like kind of fell in love with this story and everything. And I think we owe a lot to them, like coming up with, uh, doing it themselves. And obviously like a private company, it's all, it, you know, it's not government funded and that's kind of how you define what a, what a private or commercial space program is. Uh, it's funded by private citizens and things like that, private entities. And so, uh, if you're interested at all in the history of private space flight, that's a good place to start. But so the rules and the regulations and things that came out of launching that rocket uh, leads us to the three biggins, uh, SpaceX, Blue Origin, and Virgin Galactic. And so I think we should start with uh, SpaceX. I think that's well, probably 
the most. I agree. Important. I agree. But first, I, I do. I do like the we 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 also uh, talked about three other smaller companies, right? The um, uh, the what was it? The oh, you, the United Launch United Alliance, Alliance, yeah, Ad Astra, yep, and uh, Orbital Science Corporation, yeah. I thought um, they kind of represent to me what most what most I think commercial space organizations actually end up doing is like you know rather than these are the we're going to talk about the rock stars right but the the normal everyday musician right is your your United Launch I cannot remember the name United Launch Alliance <laughs> I mean you say that but United Launch Alliance is like uh, it's Boeing and Lockheed. So true, true. and they are, I mean, they're powerhouses. So they helped put, you know, the Mercury together. They helped build all the rockets, you know, in the golden age of space exploration. So I will, but you're totally right that they're, they're putting, you know, they're putting things up into they're space. Not, they're not building new rockets and, and like, you know, making videos to, to show the public as to why they're going to Mars, right? Yeah, they're, they're not trying to get people. Helping NASA and helping other space agents. Oh, yeah. Well, the um, United Launch Alliance, they flew, they're flying Perseverance all the way to Mars right now. Um, so that's exciting. And they've done, you know, they put satellites up and things and, you know, they, you know, they're rocket builders for hire. So, it, but they, they have a, um, they actually just signed a contract, them and SpaceX, with the U.S. military to fund some def like outer space defense thing or something. So they're big players. Now, but the other thing I saw was they have don't they have a hundred percent success rate, like hundred and forty? Yeah, I believe so. They have a I believe they have hundred and thirty five launches, uh, consecutive successful launches. I'm not sure if they have never lost one or if it's um they're 100 percent, but they have 135 consecutive successful launches for you yeah. which is pretty impressive and yeah. that's kind of the point yeah. uh, if you're going to be you know effective in the commercial space world space launching world then you got to be efficient and you got to be reliable yeah and so and ad astra of course is a company that we're not going to touch a lot on but it's a basically it's working on how to move things once they're in space. So not necessarily getting them off the ground, but how to move them when they're in space. And there's plenty of companies trying to do that with different types of propulsion, different types of energy sources, but that's, you know, that's definitely a part of it. Yeah. So I think, I think of that um, at Astra as kind of representing like space startups. Almost. I don't know. I don't know much about the history of at Astra, but um, I have as, as an engineer, I have engineer friends who, you know, apply for internships and things at, at startups and like Momentus is, is one, TransAstra, and what they seem to work on is like, you know, novel propulsion systems, right? They're not able to test these and build million, millions and millions of dollars worth of rockets and things, but they're, they're developing systems for, like you said. Yeah, well, I believe. Space travel. I believe Momentus, the one you're talking about, was working on, they were, they were in a article of one of the most interesting like space companies because they're trying to build a propulsion system using water in space. Yeah, that's fantastic. Which could be very important. Um, and then of course, Ad Astra is working on, they have like an ion, an ion engine that they're actually going to send up to the ISS to test it and see if it works, which is also cool. Oh, that's very cool. That's yeah. Exciting. So that's their plan. Um, 
So there are all those people, there are those companies and they're very important and they're, um, you know, they have definitely a purpose in the commercial space world and they're providing a service that we need. Um, but they're not quite as sexy as these really, other three. Really salt of the earth. Company. They are salt. Then we get, then we get to the, the, the movie stars. Yeah, the movie stars, exactly. And so we'll start there with SpaceX. So it's beautiful. I, I think I think of the three we're going to talk about, it's my favorite. You think it's your favorite? Okay. I think I have to go with SpaceX. I won't. I won't reveal my favorite till the end. Okay. I'm going to keep right. people guessing. You you say I'll it. Right. That out. You say it right there, and we'll keep it. I'll keep it till the end. Uh, so the first thing I think when it comes to SpaceX uh, is the reusability of their Falcon 9 rocket. The fact that it can land itself uh, is huge for saving money. Uh, and it's huge for uh, just technology that we could use on other planets potentially. So the fact that they have this capability is very important and very impressive. Uh, they're not the only ones necessarily that have this capability. A Blue Origin has a rocket that does the same, and we'll talk about that eventually. But that is very good, very interesting, and it's fantastic to watch. I think, yeah, my, my favorite thing about it is watching it because it really does look straight out of, I, I, like, like, an old science fiction movie, like most of these movies, are, they're terrible. But the like you know when they show a rocket landing on a on a planet outside our galaxy, it's always really slow, and there's a lot of like you know CO two flying everywhere. But it really does look like that on these videos, and it's incredible. I love watching it, and it really is the biggest. You said earlier with um with respect to uh, United Launch Alliance, like to do this, you have to do it efficiently, and this is like the epitome efficiency there rather than throwing away like a Boeing 747 every time they launch something right they're landing it and then and then they're right back they can it saves time money resources it's it's like the only way it's going to work yeah I mean NASA doesn't have they don't have their own rocket that's landing itself you know and it this is why the commercial space age is becoming a thing because commercial companies have the technology that NASA simply doesn't have and so why fight it instead embrace it and then send them up with your rockets and it's going to cost less and we're going to be ahead. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the thinking. You know, I just thought of imagine, imagine like when in movies and they're portraying rockets, you know how when you see old, old cameras in movies and they take a picture and a light bulb explodes and they have to like take it out and put another one in. It's going to be like that with rockets. You know, now we have digital cameras. Yeah. You that's know, so true. Take pictures whenever you want. Yeah. Um, yeah, so reusability is huge. And then um, their Crew Dragon, of course, sends people up. We have people now going on commercial rockets up to space, which is enormous. Um, and just like we talked about, they, SpaceX has their second crewed mission going up in a couple of months. Um, but another one I really like to talk about that I think goes unseen is Starlink, uh, which is SpaceX's program to get um, satellite internet to the whole globe uh, and they want to provide like a larger bandwidth and they've been sending up Starlink satellites all over the place. And the thing I like about this is one, well, it's for the globe, which is super good. Uh, and two, that they are um, space pollution friendly, which means that they're put in a position where once they've gone through their lifespan, they will fall into Earth's atmosphere and they'll burn up so they don't take up room and space and so it's easier to launch things up you don't have to keep track of them which i really enjoy 
sorry, that was a little technical difficulty. I think, um, well, there's things that scare me about this and there's things that, that are interesting. Like what you just said, the, the kind of efforts to, to minimize space pollution. That's something that I feel like kind of goes unnoticed with how much, well, space there is in space, right? There's, there's a lot of stuff floating up there though, right? And, yeah. and I feel like it's, uh, can imagine it provides difficulty when trying to put more stuff up there but the big problem is things that don't need to be up there and they're just you know remaining in orbit not doing anything taking up space possibly causing problems for other satellites so that's that's an interesting maybe it's i don't know i don't know how late in the process how, how late to the party that is right but it's a good uh, sustainable effort i guess right but then the thing that scares me is my the image when you say uh what's it called Starlink. Star Starlink. Yeah, it, I get an image of like, a, you know, hundreds of satellites just surrounding the globe, right? Like a net. Well, Skynet comes to mind for some reason. And then I get like Edith, you know, what, yeah. what could Elon Musk do with, a, with a, a network of satellites surrounding the entire globe? Maybe the governments of the world are already doing that. But for some reason, it just conjures up bad images. Maybe he won't misuse it. Maybe that maybe it's not even possible to misuse it in the way I'm talking about but well yeah i mean you and i we've talked about i mean elon musk is either lex luther or he's iron man so, <laughs> yes exactly yeah and when and i think like when you say it's either skynet or it's edith you know either one you know for those of you who don't know skynet is it's terminated Terminator. and then edith is a you know ai protection program set up by tony stark from marvel who was iron man so of course uh I think, ironically, Elon Musk, there's no Skynet worry because Elon Musk, he's afraid of AI, right? I think he is. He may be. I'm not sure. All I know is he wants to put chips in people's heads that'll help you listen to music. Oh, I no. do other things, but it frightens me either way. Oh, no. Yes. Lex Luthery. Very Lex Luthery. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. No, but, you know, a lot of people give Elon Musk, like, some people don't like him because of what he does and how he does it and things like that, but... And I'm not saying I agree with everything he does, but we need people like Elon Musk to get where we need to go, you know, to, for, to explore the, the great beyond. We got it. We need people like Elon Musk. So like him or not, we need him. Personal opinion, but. I think that's fair. I think if he's not going to worry about it as his life's mission, you know, everyone else is just going to say, well, that's not something I need to focus on in my everyday life. Getting to Mars is not what my life's going to be about. Right. So I'm glad there's someone. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, uh, the, the last thing I'll say about SpaceX is that, the, you know, they're starting to send up uh, astronauts, which is super exciting. They uh, have plans to, you know, colonize the moon and Mars, which is very exciting. Um, but the greatest thing about that company is they want to become interplanetary, but they want to send people out there. And I think that's the draw for a lot of, you know, young people and, you know, you know, expire, aspiring explorers, uh, you know, they want to go themselves. And that's the draw about space is they, they want to see what's out there and companies like SpaceX want to make that a reality. So I, th I love that part about them. Yeah. I think it's funny you mentioned like, you know, aspiring explorers, there hasn't been an age of exploration in, in some time, it seems. So if, if, if we're coming around that corner, that, that'd be a, an interesting time to live, a very exciting time to live. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a while since the human, you know, human race has done its greatest feat 
know, yeah, right. 1969. Okay, I'm ready for I'm ready for the next one. I'm ready to set foot on Mars and then, you know, tick that off the off the books. Yeah, I really. It might just be nostalgia, I guess, for you know a time where I wasn't even alive. But seeing and hearing about a time when people got excited, like no matter who you are, you 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 want to watch the moon landing, right? The original, the first moon landing. And then that died away pretty quickly, it seems like people, we went to the moon many, many times, or a few times, right? And people didn't care after a while. But I'm, I'm hoping with, with Mars, that would be something that comes right back around and we get to, we get to huddle around TV with our entire extended family to watch somebody land on Mars, you know? Yeah, that would be awesome. I, I, I hope that too. And like we were saying earlier that we were both watching um, when the Crew Dragon took Bob and Doug to the ISS, we were both watching the liftoff and that was awesome. And so I was super excited about that. And I felt that way. I watched the like three hours leading up to it too, which is just not much, you know, it's just them walking around and them saying the same stuff about, you know, they're getting ready and everything, but I was excited. Yeah. And I want everyone to feel that excitement when we, you know, the first woman touches the moon. Um, and then when we inevitably as a human race touch Mars, we set foot on Mars. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So SpaceX, good stuff. Keep it up. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on to a more peculiar, but equally, equally uh, interesting company, uh, Blue Origin. So Blue Origin, we have a couple of their rockets we are going to talk about and also a, a potential lander that we're going to talk about. Um, you want to tell us a little about the, uh, the new Glenn? Yeah, so uh, in, in my research, New Glenn, uh, it seems like New Glenn is kind of their, their I guess, I guess the, the chronology would be important, but their, their rival to SpaceX's Starship, essentially. Although Starship is kind of outside of New Glenn's payload capacity, Starship is considered a, a super heavy lift launch vehicle. Um, whereas New Glenn is just a heavy lift, so that, that's like the difference in, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of pounds of payload, or at least tens of thousands of pounds. But New Glenn is kind of, uh, it's their big extra orbital, like this, this is the rocket that's going to get things to the moon, things and, and or people, I don't know, to the moon, I don't know exactly the, the extent of its, its capabilities, but this, that, that's where New Glenn is, is trying to, to get things as opposed to um, New Shepard. New Glenn's also kind of, I think, uh, not conceptual. There's certainly been tests done and it's that they've made progress on things, but um, it's not exactly like fully realized yet, whereas they have other vehicles that we're also going to talk about that are more tangible at this point. So the one thing with uh, New Glenn and you compared it to the Starship, the SpaceX Starship, is so um, I think it was, it was a couple months ago, but NASA selected three U.S. companies, Dynatex, SpaceX, and Blue Origin, to make lunar landers. Mm. And on the Blue Origin website, they, don't, they say they're not in a race. They say slow and steady. That's essentially their motto. Um, but the proposals are for 2024, that's four years. And they're trying to, each of these companies is trying to make a rocket and make a lander that will take astronauts to the moon. 
um, Blue Origin would use the new Glenn and they would use their Blue Moon lander. And then SpaceX would use their Starship and the Starship lander that would go along with it. And so they, well, you say they're comparable. I mean, they're, well, the Starship would go along with their um, Falcon Heavy rocket, according to my research. Okay. But so they are in competition at the moment. Where, so yeah. they're comparable, but they are in competition as well. Because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, your company wants to be the company that puts astronauts on Mars and the moon. Yeah. It's pretty simple. But so I, I, I think, you know, I think, you know, it's part, of the, it's part of the commercial space age. There's a little commercial space race going on too, because, you know, to, to stay in business, you got to be the best. You know, you got you to gotta keep it going. You got to be reliable, but you got to be, you got to be the best. So I'm excited to see who comes out on top, you know, in a couple of years. In the, in the non-competition that's not taking place. In the non-competition that's not taking place, according to Blue Origin, yes. Well, I will say, uh, I saw something that kind of rounded out uh, Elon Musk's motivations versus uh, Jeff Bezos's, And it sounded like Elon Musk is like, get me to Mars, or I'm going to get us to Mars, right? Like, whoever's coming along, come along, right? Help me out. But... His goal is like, we're gonna live on Mars. We're gonna have a city. We're gonna have a million people there. Why not, right? He just keeps going and like, we're gonna we're gonna do this, right? We're gonna live there. And whereas Bezos, I saw, I don't know if it was a tweet or a quote, but it was like, why don't why don't you try living on the top of Mount Everest, right, for like a week, and then see, tell me how that goes, and then think about Mars, right? Because Mars would be hard. That's it's hard to live in a place like that, right? So his his motivation seems more to be like, we need to keep moving forward with technology and, and space in general, but Blue Origin says it all kind of like Earth. Earth is where we're from. We gotta protect Earth too. We just have to keep moving forward in all areas, right? So his, that's where I, I think that non-competition comes from. I don't know where where exactly that's coming from because it sounds like that's that sounds like a bit of a bluff. Sounds like he's losing. <laughs> sounds like he's a, he's a quitter. That's possible. But I, I do like the mode I, I love the name first of all, Blue Origin. I, yeah, I do love the name and I, their aesthetic is very good. They're, they're a very good looking company. Yes. I think where SpaceX seems like, you know, the Elon Musk blog of like this week, you know, on week 123 is me launching my uh, Falcon heavy rocket. Let's see, see how far I can go. I don't know. Let's, let's do it. And then he goes and does space stuff. Whereas Jeff Bezos, you know, Blue Origin is more like red carpet ready. They have, they have like on the website, Beautiful graphics and videos and things and all their tests of, of uh, New Shepard and the New Glenn information is really well done. So like they present themselves incredibly well. I, maybe it's deceiving as to how well they're actually doing. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, but you brought up the New Shepard rocket. And from what we can tell from you and I and our research, the New Shepard rocket is a suborbital rocket, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's suborbital. Um, and on the website, it seems to be marketed to, for, to people for tourism, um, as well as uh, using for short microgravity um, experiments. I think, yeah, I think I would guess the main draw right now is for uh, research. Yeah. Right. So, so that's what it's being used for right now. Any different, I don't know, different parties just wanting to get something into microgravity for it's as little as like three minutes, I think, which is, I, I noticed they don't make that entirely clear. It seems like, oh, suborbital, 
has implications, but you kind of assume, well, this could get something into orbit, right? But then I, I genuinely think it's more like a, almost like a parabolic flight, right? You see celebrities and things, people floating around in airplanes for 30 seconds, and then, but this is just a little longer than that. So in that way, I'm not going to say the word disappointing, but it is, it is a little less than you expect, right? Yeah. That, spend. that rocket and uh, New Glenn both plan to be reusable, though. Yeah, um, that, that, that is a big thing. That, I don't know how long you're going to spend in space. It's evidently not that long, but reusability, they can do it very often and pretty easily. And the videos like of it landing itself and all the different measures they're taking for, for like, you know, escape, like for, for capsules and things, it's, it's impressive. Like the landing is, it looks, it looks great. And I think it seems very functional too. So that's, that's, that's most of the battle right there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the reusability is very similar. Like that seems to be a common theme with a lot of commercial space programs is like, you know, reusability saves money, reliability. And these all, these are all important parts um, to, to having a successful space program, it seems, a commercial space program at least. Um, so yeah. Um, of course they have their blue moon lander, which we kind of discussed and touched on already. And you know, that, that could go up to the moon. It can, it can have payloads or people and sustained on the moon. I'm not sure if it's probably not, I don't know if it's built yet, but they're working on that as well. Uh, and that'll be sent up with the new Glenn rocket when it is completed and everything. Um, but yeah, blue origin, interesting, interesting company. I, I love the aesthetic, but overall I'm i I'm a little underwhelmed so far with all their resources that Jeff Bezos has and the, you know, they have, I, I figured they'd be farther along than they are. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like any, uh, uh, you know, someone involved in one of these programs probably hear what we're saying and be just shattered, right? Like we're we're talking about like like three minutes in microgravity is nothing. That's huge, but that's huge. It does it does seem like I am more I'm more impressed by flights to the International Space Station, right? Like getting things into space this day for some. Yeah real amount of time. No? And what I do like about Blue Origins, at least their new Shepard, is it might not be, you know, three minutes of microgravity for experiments, but what I like is on their on their website, they they seem to market this to human beings. Like they say you will hear the countdown. You will feel <laughs> yeah that's the comeback. So I like that they're they're trying to get people up there, which I think is the most important thing. Trying to sell people on space, which I think is huge. Mm -hmm. But no one's a bigger marketing seller salesman in space than Virgin Galactic. That is, that's exactly what I was about to say. This is like they, on the spectrum of big space, commercial space companies, like SpaceX on one end, Virgin Galactic on the other, Blue Origin kind of splits the difference. I would Galactic agree. Is yeah. And Virgin Galactic, um, it's owned by uh, Charles Branson, I believe. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Yep. And, um, their main pull is they are the leader in space tourism. That's what they want to be. That's what they sell themselves as and everything. And they've already put out their one small step uh, system, which is, you know, $1,000 and you get in line to be able to buy a ticket to get on their space plane rocket contraption really? called Spaceship Two. And that's very exciting. And so essentially this is a uh, plane that takes off with the rocket underneath it. The plane drops the rocket spaceship too. And it, it goes to um, like, 
I believe it's also suborbital um, because right after you're up there, you spend a couple of minutes up there and it glides back down and it uh, lands back down on Earth. Um, but Virgin is just, they are aimed at space tourism. They are aimed at the future of, like they're betting on space being a location that you will go and want to go to vacation or work. They want to be the farrier that gets you there. Yeah, so obviously Virgin Atlantic is an airline. And I, I, it, it really does, it's, it's, it seems like a branch of Virgin Atlantic, right? You, you, you pay a little more money and rather than going to Europe, you go, you go above the, the Carmen line, Carmen line, I don't know how to pronounce it, but you know, the, the border to space, you know, that's yeah. a trip, which and is then cool. I can't, you know, in the future, you know, on their website, they talk about how they want to take people to, you know, space hotels and they want to take people to space labs and things like that. Uh, but in the future, who's to say you couldn't be going to the underwater resort of Europa or you can yeah, go yeah. hang out and go ski on Olympus Mons on Mars or go visit the volcanic moon of Io or, you know, they're going to take you. I love the fact that they're selling it like a 1950s brochure, like come with us. Yeah take you there and uh, i love that part of I, I think it's worth mentioning the you know the forgive me for for my presumption but i assume you're talking about the kind of uh the nasa's space tourism posters which are you know they're kind of uh stylized tourism posters right like like yeah. you're, they kind of have that 50 feel to them yeah uh and yeah that's exactly what virgin galactic kind of that's the images it engenders. It's like, have, have a ball. Like, go, go spend the summer in Europa for this, you know, this, this on your Virgin Galactic flight. Exactly. Like, that, that, that is what it sounds like. And uh, that, this kind of gets to why I think SpaceX is my favorite. SpaceX feels uh, almost more wholesome. Like, this feels, to me, it's a little harsh, but like, a little frivolous almost. I get that this is kind of part of what happens, right? People don't fly in planes to get places they need to go all the time. Sometimes people fly in planes just to fly or to get places they want to go. And that will happen. But it feels kind of like unnecessary compared to Elon Musk is like, I need to get human beings to Mars. And I'm like, I can get on board with that. But Virgin Virgin Galactic is a little... See, for me, I think Virgin Galactic takes up you know, they're such an important part of the market for space exploration because they're, they get individual people excited about mm. the possibility of traveling there themselves. Like when Elon Musk sets up his colony on Mars, he's going to be taking engineers, scientists, he's going to be taking people that can live on Mars in extreme circumstances that can do good there. Virgin just wants to take people up there. They, they yeah. want to take, you know, a thousand dollars and you can get in line and then you can go up to space and you can, you can do what other astronauts, you know, other astronauts have done and almost no one else on earth has done. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> this is not how it works, obviously, but my, my first thought when I think of SpaceX, Elon Musk, is like, I think of Elon Musk as funding SpaceX with something other than revenue for SpaceX, right? It doesn't sound like he needs my help for SpaceX, whereas Virgin Galactic is like just a business. Like, pay me and I'll take you to space, which is a little more direct. So that is that is a, a fair, fair point. It is a little more direct, but I think they're both romantic. They're both yeah. 
they're both sexy in their own way. Uh, one of them, you're right. One of them is a little more almost biblical. And one of them is a little more like, yeah. come with me. Uh, let's go on vacation type deal. But mm-hmm. I, I love them both for those two reasons. I think they're both so important. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're both going to be very real parts of the, the coming space age, you know? Yeah, for sure. And um, Virgin just gave its new uh, proposal, or they, they sent out the diagram for everyone to look at, like the virtual tour of their new rocket that they're planning on building and everything. And it, you know, has a bunch of seats. It looks very new, looks very 21st century, and I love it. Um, and as you know, our mother has a, she, she got the one small step ticket. Uh, and she's, she's very excited that she's in line. She doesn't, she doesn't have a ticket Her you know, she doesn't have like a seat or anything, but she, she got the ticket because she loves the idea that she could get to go. And that's yeah, what I think I, people like. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you say, it's like getting in line to then be considered for another line, right? That's not, that makes it sound a little less glamorous, but I wonder how much of, cause there is a population that you're talking about that is excited about this. And this is their dream. And I think uh, she's one of those people, right? It's it's like, that's the dream. And there must be people out there where this is exactly, they're just waiting for this to become possible. And then then, then they'll they'll live their greatest dream, right? I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's more people like that being born today, you know, that that's always going to be their dream, you know? Yeah, I think, honestly, I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the reasons I like to do this podcast because I want to reach people and tell them about space and get them excited and get them excited to get in line to get in line. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to have, I want to like inspire people and tell people that space is not only awesome, but it's important. And here's, you get them to know it's awesome with Virgin and then you get them to know it's important because of sp- SpaceX. And that that's kind of, and then you get them to know it's in the middle because of Blue Origin. Yeah, somehow, somehow. You know, we worked Blue Origin there because we talked about it today. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, yeah. So if it's not clear, I'm a virgin man. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. okay. I am a virgin man as in I uh, like Virgin Galactic, but we can all enjoy that chuckle. Um, <laughs> I'm not single, but, uh, you know. Um and then I think you're a SpaceX guy for sure. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm gonna have to go with SpaceX. It's the yeah. most they have the most to show for their efforts. Yeah, and that's resume I for with sure. the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can go. I, I'm, I'm. It's close for me, but I, I do love the, the touristy part of Virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we're 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 just about out of time here. Um, so if any of you listeners have any questions or you want to, you know, ask us or maybe come up with a new segment or a new episode for uh, the future, uh, contact us at Space Chams on Instagram, or you can uh, reach me at Jim Murphy on LinkedIn. Love to answer any of your questions. Um, this has been a solid one, Will. Solid one. Or the man named Will. I gotta say, you, you got me into it. I wasn't expecting to... Uh to have many thoughts about about this kind of aspect of it but it is uh it's important it's interesting yeah can't have you can't have commercial space without people can't have space action space exploration without people really you need the people to be you need the people to be invested yeah yeah, yeah.
that's what it's all about. All right, everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you on the next episode and we'll, we'll keep keeping it real. All right. And uh, always remember to keep looking up. Thank you.